Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. This is Overflowing Life Prayer Line. I am Minister Sherelle Perkins. We are glad to join you this morning. I just praise the Lord for an opportunity to serve. Hallelujah. I am just blessed. I'm blessed. I am so thankful and so grateful for God. I am. Hallelujah. Yesterday was very interesting for me. Between the time I got online and said I'm getting ready to do a road trip and time for the broadcast to start and everything, my niece realized that her flight, was at 7 o'clock in Cincinnati. So they're scurrying around trying to find another flight that ended up being in Chicago. My husband said, okay, you can't go to Chicago, Sherelle, because that means you can't do anything all day long except travel on the road. And he said, I'll take her. And I said, well, okay, praise the Lord. And so what I did is what people do. (laughs) I put... My phone on mute, I put it to my chest, and I just listened to the ministry that went forth yesterday. Ah, Brother Eric, I was so blessed. It took me to a place. Not that I haven't had moments, but God reminded me. God reminded me. He brought me full circle to a lot of things. I thought I had been restored. But God showed me, you're still backslidden. Let me share something with you. 2008, Holy Spirit came to me. And he took me to the book of Revelation. He says, Jarrell, you've forgotten your first love. You see, when I got filled with Holy Spirit and I found uh, my answers, you know, when you're not trained and you don't have Well, you know what? Let me back up. I was trained. I was covered. It was Holy Spirit. But I had been on a journey to understand things that no one was teaching in the pulpit. I learned to call on the name of Jesus because of the warfare that was over my life as a child. And I found out that if I called on Jesus, Anything that was in my room had to go. Anything that was tormenting me. And I've seen angels and I've seen demons. And I understand spiritual warfare. I understand what it means to be caught in a place that you don't have an understanding. There are some things that I experienced as a little girl I still can't fully articulate to anybody that I know. But I had encounters throughout my childhood 
Keep in mind, my parents didn't go to church. My mother gave me two books when I started reading. The Bible and everything you want to know about sex, but was afraid to ask. Because she knew I need two things if I was going to come up out of the ghetto. And that was God and to understand my sexuality and take authority over my own body. So I thank God for my mother's wisdom. My siblings said they didn't get any of that. I don't know why they didn't get it. But she taught me everything that she had inside of her. And I am very, very grateful for that this morning. But what began to happen in my search, um, when I had to clean out my books, because I've always been a reader, I had, you know, the big trash containers of books on um, ESP and all of these other things, trying to understand what had been happening to me my whole life. Why was I wired the way that I'm wired? Why did I know and feel and have dreams and all of these things? I knew it came from God. Don't get me wrong. I knew it was God. I knew Jesus was real. I knew it. I knew it. Every fiber of my being, I knew it. And I got bused to this church as a little girl, a little Baptist church. I got put out of Sunday school because I needed to understand. I've been reading scripture, and something's not lining up. And the Sunday school teacher put me out of class. <laughs> then I came home, and I said, Daddy, I've been studying. And this is what I'm seeing, and this is what I'm experiencing. He said, go get out of my, go upstairs to your room. Take all that to your room. So I took it to my room. God, I need help. So I thought I had found help. I was so excited about finding answers to begin to understand how all of this worked, I was quick to throw out all that other stuff. Because it was God, his revelation that I was looking for. I didn't want anything else. I wasn't looking for power or prestige. I just wanted more. I just wanted to understand. And there was this hunger. So when I finally realized what speaking in tongues was versus what I'd seen, picture this. A teenage girl, pregnant, sitting in the middle of her bed, Finally understanding why what I felt when I conceived my son, what it was and what it wasn't. Oh, mm. And repenting, God, I wasn't taught that. I did what I was taught. I had no intentions of being a free-for-all. But this young man was my husband-to-be. Come on, church. No teaching. But I'm sitting in the middle of the bed reading. It's like, okay, God, I tried this church. I won't name it. I had a person that 
you know, how these churches train you to suck in people that they think are heathens and then invite them to church so they can get saved, right? But because I didn't have friends, nobody else was talking to me, so I thought what she was offering was friendship. But that's okay. I'm cool with it. So I go to church, longest dress I had in my closet, three inches above my knees. I I didn't even weigh a buck. I weighed like 90-some pounds. Surely I was a major seduction at 97 pounds. Anyway, I was just a little girl. (laughs) So I go into this church, two big fat women with these blankets cover me up. I am traumatized. You have to know, I'm <laughs> the way I am now, I, I was traumatized, right? Then I look at somebody, they're frothing at the mouth, and I'm thinking, where am I? And I said, God, if you get me out of this, I will never come back to this kind of church again. Never. These people are crazy. Shortly after, I was reading in the book of Acts, and I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I am reading about what happened on Pentecost. Now, I know what I just experienced. Surely, that was not it. So I said, God, give me what you gave them. And God flooded my room, filled me up, and I began to minister to him in the most beautiful language I'd ever heard. Well, now you have to think about think about this. My husband, we are been high school, we were high school sweethearts. He said, I never knew what you were gonna look like. He said, Someday You look like Tina Turner. He said, I really think one day you look like Cher. I don't know what all you did. Because I was, I'd always worked, had income. I'd go downtown. I'd shop. I would have people downtown. They would keep clothes for me to try on. Because I would go in and they would have these dresses. They knew what weekend that I got my little money, and so I think I was the entertainment for several of these uh, 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 store clerks. But they'd have my fitting room all laid out with whatever new they had gotten since the last time I was there. And they let me put my little stuff in the layaway and pay my dollar or two until I got them out. It was so, I'm getting ready to cry. It was so precious when I think about it, and I think about how God has treated me. My entire life, God, I just thank you. So if you can imagine this type of person trying to fit in a church box, and I loved makeup, loved it. The first time that I ever saw black makeup, I was a little girl downtown, And um, the first time they introduced the line of makeup, I'm trying to think of, uh, Flory Roberts was the first. And I saw this man take this ugly woman and made her so beautiful. So I ran home. I said, Daddy, I need a makeup kit. He said, as soon as you turn 18, you can buy your makeup. He said, but you can't wear makeup. Until you turn 18. Well, I'm sitting on my bed. God fills me with the Holy Spirit. I begin to minister to him. Then all of a sudden, I get filled with God. And I realize, wow, does this mean I can't wear makeup? I said, God, I'm sorry. I said, but I just got my... (laughs) just got my makeup kit. I said, can I wear that for a little while and we come back to this moment? God loves me. He really 
from that point to about 25, I remember being in a service, and all of a sudden the pastor said, you're already filled. Just open your mouth. Your language is there. And from that point on, I had understanding. So excited. Where am I going with this Holy Ghost? Ah, yes. So... (laughs) I went through, everything was great. I get to this one church. God would take me from church to church and pastor to pastor. I would be there like three, four years. Um, No, three to seven years. It just depends on where I was. I get to this one church, and I'm thinking, okay, God, you said you wanted me. You didn't want me to have zeal without knowledge. And I'm thinking, Um, God's getting ready to do this, whatever. But it was my heart. He wanted to purify all of those things in me. He loves us so much. He doesn't come at us with hatchets and chop us up. No, he loves us. All I see is his love. All I see is his care, even in this. So I'm at this church. I am being. It reminded me of the days when I lived in Hallville and the kids beat me up and threw rocks at me, honestly. Every time I would walk in this church, I would be reminded of those days. Because, see, I took the Bible with me to church in second grade, and I would (laughs) tell them everything I was learning. Needless to say, I had no friends. But this church reminded me. I thought, God, why do these people remind me of the kids that used to beat me up? But Holy Spirit led us. My husband committed his life to God at this church. I'm seeing all of these things, and I'm thinking, God, I've got to get out of here. They're going to kill me. My husband couldn't see it. He was wherever he was in in his process. We helped grow the ministry from about 30 people to about three or 400 people. We were the first. We Anyone joined, we would do new members classes and um, introduce them to fellowship and the fellowship of the church. We were the intercessors. Uh, by the time we left, my husband was did everything. He was security. He made sure there was security. He made sure there were bus drivers. He handled all of the auxiliary ministries. He was over the ministers. So he, within a few years, because he's a workaholic, was, within a few years, he took this workaholic personality and of course it fits very well in religion so uh, when I say workaholic my husband when we first got married worked 20 hours a day he went from one job to the next job came home two hours showered rested Whatever, then he went to the next job. That's how hard he worked. That's his work ethic. That's, you know, so at any time, his little wife would say, can we slow down? I was challenging because he had to raise himself. He'd been working since he was nine, surviving. But all he knew how to do was work. I have a family. I have to work. So God got us through that. He put all his energy in church. But the one thing that I'd been believing God for was the healing of our home. All of the things that had transpired, good man, worked all the time. But he finally was making a commitment. To serve God alongside of me, right? 
but the place we went completely separated us strategically. But I continued to worship God. So in the middle of a service, the pastor stopped. In the middle of praise and worship, the pastor stopped the service and said, get her out of here. I can't take these people where I need to take them as long as she's in this service. So I literally was picked up and taken out of service. It wasn't as devastating as one would think. God had already told me that I would be leaving the church, but he didn't tell me they were going to haul me out. But, you know, that's our father. He knows what to tell us and what not to tell us. But the trying of our faith, the very thing that was my idol, I really can say it that way, was building this family that God told me to build. I didn't have any concept of a lot of things. Who raises a son that can go away on a secular campus and remain abstinent for four years, make disciples of men and women, have their first conference, four states, pastors from all four states, Whatever he asked them for, gave. We trained secular college women on how to worship God and dance. The anointing would be so heavy that by the end of our dance practice, sometimes they wouldn't stop until 4 o'clock in the morning. People would be slain while they practiced and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then we'd get back up at 9 o'clock. And these young people maintain A averages. Nobody does that but Holy Ghost. So I'm coming from having experienced that. Dance was introduced to a region that had never seen it before. And I could walk into almost any church in this area. And there's a residue of what we did through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm coming from that high. And I'm worshiping God with everything in me. And you say, put her out. And it's like, okay, God. But I say all that to say this because I really, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, what happened? Okay, let me finish. God told me in 2008, all of this happened 1997. <laughs> God said, unto the angel." of the church of Ephesians, write these things. He that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thy canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them, which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars, and has borne and has patience for my name's sake, has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, Sherelle, I have somewhat against thee, because thou left thy first love. During the season that I talked about, up until the point that I was ex- 
excommunicated from the church building. Ah, but you can't put me out of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Up until that point, I got up with the Holy Ghost. I went to sleep with him. Everything in my house stayed charged and filled with God, God's presence. So much so that a teenage boy didn't have much choice but to love Jesus. God would send people to our home, strangers off the street. If there was a crisis on our street, and I live on a main thoroughfare, if a car was an accident, anything happened. They knock on our door. I actually helped someone whose car had had gotten in the accident. Actually, I didn't know you wasn't supposed to leave the scene of the crime, but I took her to my home, <laughs> and we made calls to get the car and all this, that, and the other. <laughs> she walked into my home. I don't know what I did. I think I served her coffee and made her comfortable, told her to call her significant other and all of this. And the police came and my husband explained, she doesn't know any difference. She really didn't mean to break any laws. So all of that was handled and everything. I saw her a few months later. She said, you know what? I walked into your home and I said, I want what they have. And she said, from that point on, I committed my life to the Lord. And the man that I was living with committed his life to the Lord. And we got married. And just by walking into your home, changed our life. That was my first love. It didn't matter to me what people thought. It didn't matter to me. All I cared about was being in the presence of the Lord. If I had a spare moment, I had scripture in my pocket. I'd study a scripture. When I was driving my car, I would be worshiping and praising and praying. I was reminded yesterday that I still hadn't made it back home. I was so busy hating the things that had attacked my life that systematically anything we give our hearts to begins to draw us away from the presence of God. Verse 5 says, Remember therefore from whence thou hast fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove the candlestick out of the place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolodians. Nicolodians, well, Carla can correct me later, which I also hate. And then I looked that up, who are they, God? Oh, Holy Spirit. They were heretics who practiced a form of Christianity that maintained impure and immoral doctrines, such as the community of wives, the committing of adultery and fornication, Eating of meats offered to idols. They practice a doctrine similar to Balaam and Jezebel. And I do hate. I hate Christianity that does not. I hate the practice of Christianity. Of, and I put Christianity in quotes because it's not really 
that has a form of godliness but denies God's power that allow people to continue to be immoral without conviction. Not that I don't, I understand the process. Oh, God, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Father God, I praise you and I thank you. I thank you for an opportunity. And I'll go on to say, even as I listened yesterday, I was so blessed that I stayed in that place for a while. And when I woke up this morning and God started talking to me, I had no idea what was going to come out of my mouth. I was so filled with God. And I thought about this, and then I'm going to go into prayer because I wrote this in my journal. And it says, we treat death as if it is the worst thing that could happen. Far worse is watching the beauty of life slip away. God makes lives beautiful. When we weave the glory of his presence into the fiber of our lives, the transformative power of his love radiates his beauty. An afterglow indicating one who has been in the presence of his king basking in his glory. Then it seems disjointed, but I wrote, you don't realize you're backslidden until you reach for something and you realize that it wasn't something that you were missing. It was someone, the very presence of God. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you for an opportunity to serve you. I thank you, Father God, for your disciples that are on this line, those that are disciplined ones who've made up in their mind that they're going to follow Jesus. We have come together, Jesus, to follow you. Where are you taking us, Lord? We trust you in the process, the process of becoming, the process of allowing. We thank you for your transformative power. Even in our individual stories, we see your love, God. I see your love in being put out of church. Had I not been put out, I may have bought the lie. I may have been like the Nicolaitans. I may have been like the Jezebel. I may have been like one that served Balaam. I may have crossed the line that I never could have returned from. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for being tried by fire. God, I thank you that everything that was in my heart systematically has been examined by Holy Spirit. And I can say it is written, man cannot live by bread alone. But every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father, it is written, Oh God, you are an awesome and a great God. You are the majestic king of glory. You are the bright and morning star. God, I thank you that we can take refuge in you. We can abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of you, Lord, you are my refuge 
trustworthy. And even if I could not see it, it would not change your character. You are faithful, just, and true. I thank you, Abba Father. Thank you that you love us enough to repair us. Even in our stiff, naked, necked, sometimes naked, stiff-necked, rebellious ways, God. You have chosen to love us. Oh, Father God, forgive us for creating an environment of perpetual warfare. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Father God, where we're half in and half out, and there's a war raging around us. The angels fighting for us, but the enemy trying to pull us to the place of no return. Esau wanted to repent, but he couldn't. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for my Redeemer, my kinsman, my friend. Thank you for Jesus. Oh, thank you for the blood, God. We eat the flesh and drink the blood. We allow it to become the essence of who we are. To satisfy our hunger. Our need for relationship, our need to be understood, our need to be accepted. God, we thank you. We thank you for satisfying us, God. We thank you that you have given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Thank you, Father God, that you are empowering a people that will do great exploits. Hallelujah. Father, I praise you and I thank you that as we carry the gospel of Jesus Christ into our sphere of influence, that the transformative power that resides on the inside is manifest on the outside because all of those things that blocked and hindered your presence from from being revealed to those around us, we've laid on the altar and we've asked that the fire of God would consume it. Pour off the dross this morning, God. Jesus obeyed you 24-7. Let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. Oh, God, deliver us from temporary experiences that last for five or ten minutes and we walk away forgetting what manner of man we are. Not realizing that the five minutes, the ten minutes, that's who we really are. That's who we really are. If we take off these earth suits, And we would allow the word to cut so that our souls are illuminated and transformed. That as we go through sozos, salvation being made whole, complete, lacking nothing, that's who we are, God. 
and we settle for experiences instead of relationship. Oh, God, you said greater works than these. Father, the greater works have been buried in religion. Oh, Father God, whether they carried the title or not, everybody's all excited about new titles, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and they've always been there, God, because you said they were there, whether they had the title or not. But who were the false apostles? Those that would lead your people into another religion other than one that worships the true and living God, that recognizes all that Jesus purchased for us. I don't care whether he's called an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher. I don't care his title, a bishop. If he established something less than you, God. Father, forgive me from backing down on what I saw as truth. Trying to hide from Jezebel. Running for my life. Not realizing, God, that I was running from you. Not realizing, God, that I was running from the place of power. Help us help me this morning. Oh, God. I thank you for what you're doing in this hour, God. It's going to take the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It's going to take God like I didn't raise my son. Holy Spirit, you raised him. And I pray now that he would return to his first love. For as it was with his mama, he struggled the same. Father God. But it was a, it was your spirit that transcended my human intellect and reasoning that allowed us to tap into a place that your glory could be made manifested in our home. You're calling for a people that are not in and out of church and religious experience but know how to stay And not being there would be the exception. Oh, hallelujah, God. Father God, I thank you. And I know we've all had our experiences, God. And you've tried us in the furnace of affliction. And we're yet still standing, Father. Uh, thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Father, that the fourth man in the fire was the Son of God in our experiences. The man in the fire with us, whether we saw him or not, 
was Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. So, Father God, I praise you and I thank you for this, your people. I thank you that the glory of God would rest upon their life, God. That, Father God, wherever they find themselves in revelation, Father, I realize theological, you're, this is talking about a church. Some say a church, period. Some say uh, whatever. But, God, this morning, We are the church. Individually, we are the church. Collectively, we are the church. We find ourselves. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that we locate ourselves in the realm of the Spirit. Who are we? What are you speaking to us? I know what you have said to me, God. Speak to my friends, God. I call them my friends. You said no, no man after the flesh. That's the beauty of this prayer line. Thank you. I thank you that every need is met, Father, in you, God. You know what you want us to do. You know what you want us to drive. You know where you want us to live. You know how much money we need in the bank. You said to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and everything that we need will be added, God. You know whether or not I need this doctorate degree. If I don't need it, I don't have to have it, Father. If you're not in it, I don't have to have it. But if you're in it, no demon in hell is going to stop the progress and Father, I repent for my coming into agreement with the hounds of hell regarding my life. Father God, we want to finish, and we want to finish strong. So we speak to our physical bodies. Line up. Line up. Healing is the children's bread. Healing isn't a miracle. Healing is our portion. So we speak to our bodies. We speak to every muscle, every tissue in the name of Jesus. We speak to hearts. We speak to livers. We we speak to kidneys. Father God, we speak to blood. Father God, we, we speak to ears and We speak to these bodies. We declare you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and you will be made whole. Renew cartilages, discs, realign spines, God. Touch nerve endings, Father God. Restore and renew every way in which our physical body has reflected the path that we've walked, opened ourselves up to generational curses. Father God, we thank you this morning. We come out of agreement, God. We choose to agree with your word. You said we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. We are healed. That is your word. We agree with your word more than we do our doctors, more than we do our physical symptoms. We agree with you, God. God, hallelujah, forgive us, God. Forgive us from halting between two opinions, God. Touch our bodies, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God for what you're doing and how you're positioning us. Father God, I'm just hearing, go through the door. Go through the door. 
There are doors that are open, doors that Father has ordained. Go through the door. Don't hesitate. Go through the door. Father, I praise you and I thank you for the doors that are open. I thank you for the opportunities that are open to bring you glory and to bring you honor. We realize that it's not about us, Father. We got the memo. It's not about us. It's about building your kingdom and establishing your truth in the earth. Because, Father God, this is temporary. When we finish our course, we're going to get up out of here, and we're going to go to heaven. But, Father God, it is our heart's desire, and I speak this (laughs) by faith that we want to have a whole lot of crowns to cast before you. We want to be able to join with the the elders, casting our crowns at your feet, God. Hallelujah. We don't want to slide in and say, oh, we made it. No, God. We want to be able to stand before you in that day, look you in the face, and say, Father, we have finished our course. We have ran our race. Thank you for redeeming the time. Thank you for establishing us in that place, in that position, allowing us the grace, the favor, God. But we finished. Hallelujah. Look, God, everything that you gave me, I multiplied it. Every life that you gave me, here it is, God. Save, sanctified, filled with your Holy Spirit, a disciple of Christ. I decided, God, to reproduce Christ in the earth everywhere I went. God, I decided, God, to plant a seed, to pour a little water. Knowing that you were going to get the increase, Father, I did it, Daddy. Ah, I did it, Daddy. This is what I have. I took what you gave me, God, and I did the best I could. This is who I am, God. Ah, hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the day that we can come face to face with you forever. But until that time, we will occupy. We will work the work that you've given us, God. We bring our mind, will, emotions, and intellect into submission to your plan and your purpose, God. We thank you that you're illuminating our path, Father. Thank you that you're revealing your truth. So much is going on in our streets, and we pray for them, God. We we pray for our children, our children's children, not just those that come out of our womb, but we pray for the generations, Father God. We see the war, and we see that it's raging against our young people. We see, Father God. The disrespect and the disregard for you and your authority. We see, Father God, the murderous spirit that's running rampant throughout our nation. We see, Father God, we see the spirit of Molech. We see the spirit of Jezebel. We see it, Father God. And you have empowered us to stand in this evil day so we take off our grave clothes. We take off our old men. We're not going to slip and slide, Father. We're going to put on this new man, and we're going to live, Father, so that the kingdom would be advanced, not just so that we have a name on earth, God, but so that others will have a name in heaven. 
thank you, Holy Spirit, for this morning. And I pray that prayers, if there's any prayer requests on the line, I want to cover them before we get off, if you have the time. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in the place. Oh, God. I want to lift up the Tanner family. I thank you, Father God, for them. I thank you, Father God, for their legacy. But I ask you, Father, to breathe fresh on that family, God, as they Acknowledge the home going of their beloved brother, son, mentor, friend. As people come together for his home going service, Apostle, I think is Robert Tanner, I think Robert is his first name. As there as as people gather, God. And as they look back, God, I ask you to breathe fresh on them. I pray for forward momentum. There are times in all of our lives, God, you're continuously speaking. You speak in every situation. So I thank you, Father God, to speak even in this situation. To all of his loved ones and all of those that have loved and respected him. I pray that they have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in this hour, God. Bless and strengthen the family. Bless and strengthen all of those that are attached to this man's life, God. Purify, clarify, deliver, and set free. Thank you for what you're doing, Father. Thank you, Father God, that you love us so much that you're giving us opportunity to realign, redefine, refit into the planned purposes that you have for us, God. We realize more so that it's not by power or by might. It's by your spirit. We can't be good enough, saved enough, Jump high enough, sing loud enough, except the Lord builds the church. They labor in vain. They build it. Father, we don't want our labor to be in vain. So we humble ourselves under your mighty hand. We do all things from a place of humility, with bowed knees, recognizing you as Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we praise you. I pray it is well for all of you. I love you. I appreciate you. I pray blessings over you. So until tomorrow at 6.30. Be blessed. This has been Overflowing Life Prayer Community. I'm Pastor Sherelle Perkins. You can call in 1-724-444-7444. Call ID 138-768.
if you just happen to be listening to us. You can find us. We're at www.talkshoe.com. You can enter the call ID 138768 and pull up all of our recorded messages. Be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. 